Hi, my name is Steve Dozer, and I'm our Communications Director for College Community Schools, and I'd like to welcome you to Season 2 of our Prairie Podcast, and today I'd like to welcome Ian Dye. Uh, Ian is our uh, Building Principal for Prairie Point Middle School and Ninth Grade Academy, and we're going to talk a little bit about the role uh, that he plays in his building and, uh, and the students that he serves. Right now, they're Point's current enrollment is about 1,340 students. So, uh, Ian, thanks for joining our podcast today. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. So, first of all, let's get started. Uh, just talk, talk a little bit about yourself, your background, and kind of your road to Prairie. Absolutely. So, I'm in my 17th year of education and uh, 12th year as a, a building leader and building administrator, and then my second year as Prairie Point Middle School and Ninth Grade Academy Principal. I started out as a high school math teacher. Uh, here in eastern Iowa. What school? Um, Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon, Mount Vernon High sure. School. So a small school, um, a situation where I probably taught you know four different courses at the same time and coached and sponsored and did all those sort of things too. So great way to get involved in education, a good start for me. Um, I moved into building administration after uh, getting my a master's in, in, in Drake University. They had a cohort program that met right here in Cedar Rapids. So I got that master's program here in Cedar Rapids and then um, was hired out of that math teaching job to Lisbon Community Schools where I was the 712 principal for six years. And again, another small school environment, a deal where I had a huge ring of keys. You know, I had to turn off sprinklers and open the band room and monitor teachers and supervise dances and did everything. But it taught me a lot about how schools operate from top to bottom. So really, really enjoyed that. And uh, both Mount Vernon and Lisbon still have a soft spot in my heart. They're doing great work in those buildings. Um, I spent three years in Orlando when I was kind of looking to expand my opportunities uh, working at an at-risk dropout prevention charter school program that was I was housed in Orlando but we actually operated in in Tampa Miami um, Orlando kind of all over the state so that was a great experience and sooner than post to later I needed to come back to Eastern Iowa and get back involved in education here so I was lucky to come back a couple years ago to Prairie Delta here in college community schools where we um, we operate in that same sort of model, that sort of at-risk dropout prevention kind of model, but helping students get caught up to graduate. So that was a great experience. And after one year there, I was moved over here to, to Prairie Point and uh, really enjoyed myself in this role. Wonderful. Um, well, describe, talk a little bit about your leadership style and, and uh, you know how your teaching experience maybe affects your, sure. impacts your leadership. Yeah, so for me, I think one thing I like to hang my hat on is, is team building, is recruiting, retaining, attracting, and then developing people that are awesome teammates, that have a passion for working with seventh, eighth, and ninth graders. You know, that's a special group, and it's a unique position that not everybody is qualified for, but um, in terms of leadership style, I like to bring people aboard that are passionate about that and understand the day in and day out work of working with that age group of kids. Um, next, I just try to be as accessible as possible and aware of what staff strengths are and help people play to their strengths, you know. Um, I, I talk about this a lot, and I don't know if it's, if, I don't know if people think it's corny or it's real, but I keep mentioning to our staff every single year how good it is to be us, how good it is to be at this middle school, how we are fortunate to be, and I've selected to be on this team together and serving the kids that we serve. So I, I say that a lot, and I think some people really get it, and some people probably roll their eyes, but they do, uh, when you see the way the school's operating during the day, we have a, room, a building full of people that care, and that care about kids. So that's good. Wonderful. Well, describe your role, I guess, uh, you know, as the building principal. I mean, what would you say your role, what is your role that you, for your staff, for your students, how would you define that? Well, it's, it's really engaging work, right? So 
I go into every day with a very firm plan of the things that I want to accomplish and some tasks that need to get completed. But a lot of what we have to do is reactionary and in the moment. You know, Prairie Point Middle School and Ninth Grade Academy, it's a small city. It's a small Iowa town. You know, when you talk about as many students as you mentioned, plus over 100 different staff members, uh, maintenance team, our lunch staff alone is, is huge. So really my job is to impart the vision and maintain that continuity and consistency across the building. So I, I really spend a lot of my day flowing to the work. You know, I have an office where I operate out of, but I end up in every wing of the building. Um, I try to move back and forth between our fine arts and athletics area as well, since there's just so much action happening there. Um, but I think that big picture, my job is to make sure we have the right people in those rooms doing the work for kids and then make sure they feel supported. Great. Um, you know, like you said, what your role, what your typical day, but what would you say gets the bulk of your attention uh, during a, a day? And, and if you could, how would you like to reallocate that time? What, what mm -hmm. maybe takes up the bulk of your day that you go, boy, I wish I could reallocate some of that to this focus? Okay. Well, I, I would say a good 70% of my day is communication. And it's not just email or phone calls or face-to-face, -face, but just it's communication with different stakeholders, with different members of our teaching team, and uh, making sure that we're in a position where we can be successful. So that 70% is communication. I'd say another 20% is planning and big picture preparations. So a, you know, a good hour, hour and a half of the day is that, you know, kind of establishing our vision and planning long-term projects. And then the last, what did I say there? The last 10% is probably communicating about those big picture items and, and how that kind of goes. And I think back on sometimes what it would have been like to be a middle school principal 40 years ago or 50 years ago and there wasn't email and there wasn't cell phones and just what their day looked like. But I would imagine that still communication is a huge important piece of that puzzle. So I just understand that when I walk through the hallways, every student interaction that I have is, a, is communication and it's communicating to the students that they're safe at Prairie Point, that they're valued at Prairie Point and they're getting an opportunity to do the things that they want to do. So I don't know if I would reallocate anything. Um, I think if I had a superpower, I would just create a pause button where I could have everybody freeze and I could get some back work done. But it's not possible, so we just accept what we've got. All right, and that's where social media and email comes in, right? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, you know, you just you, you've said a lot about communication already. I mean, how do you communicate? You know, with parents, you talk about staff and students, you know, on a daily basis. But how do you communicate? I know you want to, you know, as a parent there too. I know video too, but kind of talk about what you yeah. do with uh, how you communicate with parents. I found a lot of success in the last couple of years with. Um, a regular YouTube video that I'll put out to families, really short, you know, four or five minutes about upcoming information, because I feel like sometimes that allows me to share um, a voice and a, an attitude about the message that's going across so that families can, I hope, watch the video together with their students. Um, I found that that's been pretty successful, and it was born out of the, the pandemic, the shutdown stuff, the times when I couldn't get in front of all the kids on a regular basis, so I started doing these videos, and I think that's really helped with the communication for families so that they can not only hear the message, but they can understand the tone and understand, um, I, hopefully they can see the care in our voice as we talk about these things for their students. So that's been big. Um, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one parent communication through phone, email, messages, um, all that kind of thing. Texting, I use Google Voice to text with parents just because sometimes folks are at work and that's the quickest, best way for us to get information back and forth. So. I prefer if there's a, a concern or a conflict, I actually prefer if a parent will email or text so that I can get all the information, maybe do some of the background work, and then when I call them back, I already have an answer. Right. And I can help them get what they need. Right, great. Um, you know, our vision is success for all, uh, Ian. So what, I mean, success for all can mean many things, but what's it mean to you? Um, I love this, this vision statement because 
it's so simple and it's actually a mantra that we can repeat to one another as we are making decisions for students. But for me, success is born out of opportunity and we can get students opportunity uh, through inspiration. So the opportunity comes in a lot of the basic skills that we're providing for these students. Are we teaching students how to be successful in critical thinking, in reading, in math, in, um, in art, in literature, in, in, um, in athletics? So the opportunity we provide for those students, but if we, um, if we don't find a way to inspire them, why am I doing what I'm doing, then they're, they're not gonna find that pathway to success. So if I think back to the middle school, the middle school model, we are in such a neat space in between the truly basic, basic skills of elementary and then some of that career exploration stuff you start to see at the high school. And our responsibility is to help transition through that and start help, helping kids get a vision for what's coming up. Um, you know, we'll talk maybe a little bit more, a couple of follow-ups on that, but one of the things I'd like to know is, you know, uh, what, would, what would students be surprised to find out about you? Mm. What, what do you think a student would go, oh my gosh, Mr. Ian, I didn't know that, but what, what do you think a student would be surprised to find out about you? Well, I think, I think my work persona or my principal persona is pretty serious, you know, as I'm working in the lunchroom with students or in the hallway or setting expectations. and. Um, and I think that just, that's an important role that helps us all be effective and safe. You know, that's just, that's my role. And I learned that right at the beginning of education when I was a math teacher, that there's a lot of theater in being an educator. And just, that's the role that I play. But when I get in the car- What do you mean by that, a lot of theater? Well, I just mean that there's, there's a clear and consistent message for students, but there's also, it's a show. We want them to, to watch and enjoy and know how to respond. And when I give them um, the, the character that I am at school, helps us all be successful and safe but it's not necessarily who I am 24 hours a day, right? Right. So, yeah, right, right? Like I get in the car to drive home and, um, and it's, a, it's a really varied mix of music. You know, it's the Eagles, it's Jay-Z, it's Sly and the Family Stone, uh, Dirks Bentley, I got some country in there. So like, I just, I crank it up and that's when I check out at the end. But, yeah. um, so I think that students, they, just, they, they assume that I live at the school and sleep under my desk, you know, and sometimes it feels like that for sure. Right, but for sure. The, yeah. every, every teacher in, this, in their building is a, is a real person that has, hopes and cares and dreams and is just here because they care about kids. Yeah, wonderful. Um, what uh, activities, Ian, would, uh, does Point offer that you wish were available when you were in school? Uh, the one that I've been thinking about a lot lately is our robotics club. Um, it's just this comprehensive project where students work as a group in a team and they partner with the teacher and it's not just building a robot but it's um, doing the research ahead of time. It's being uh, good communicators and community-minded and they have to you know, create so much. So I think that's a really cool thing that I would have loved to try. Um, and then when they go to these competitions, it's like, a, it's like the World Series. I mean, people are cheering and yelling and there's robots falling off the table. I mean, it's exciting stuff. So yeah, I'm really cool. happy we're involved with that. Yeah, great. That's yeah. a good one. Um, what is something you want parents to know uh, about your approach to serving families in your position? What do you think parents should know about your own personal approach about serving families? Well, I hope that what they can see in our interactions is that I really try to find a balance where students can, um, students can do hard things. Students can struggle through a scenario. They can go through awkward situations. They can struggle with, with math, with reading, with science, but that at the same time, we have, um, we have, they have complete faith that we also are not gonna let that student fall off the edge, that we've got a support structure in place, we've shown them a pathway of scaffolded learning to get to those goals. And so throughout a day, there's gonna be high points and there's gonna be low points, but I hope that they understand that throughout, by the time we get to the end of that day, that student's able to reflect and say, I grew today, I got better today, and my school cares about me. 
Um, you know, each year Prairie welcomes uh, new teachers to our district, and uh, what support uh, can a new teacher at Point expect to receive from you as the as the building leader? Good. I think we've got maybe 10 or 12 new teachers this year at Point, which is pretty standard for us with how big of our staff is. But when we do some of our initial meetings for the year, um, I tell these folks that they're hired because we think that they're the best people to be a part of this team. And we trust the skills and abilities that they're bringing to the table, and we want them to try things. We want them to take chances professionally um, that will make us the best we can be. And I hope that they feel like they can take chances but then have a safety net or have a... Um, just have a support structure that they're going to be they're going to be backed up for what they've tried as long as they're reflective upon what was successful and what wasn't and then make changes moving forward yeah great um so you know in kind of to go with the new teachers you know now we welcome new students every year you know and, and like yeah. i said earlier uh, prairie point has over 1340 students approximately and i think it's the biggest middle school in the state right now it capacity is capacity yeah. wise and yeah. uh uh, you know, you just welcomed over 450 seventh graders uh, this year to Prairie Point. Uh, what advice would you have for them to make the most out of their very first year at Point? Well, they're, they're already off to a great start. And um, it's, it's such a big change to come from our intermediate building into the middle school. Right. Some are scared. Some, you yeah. know, are, have no problems. Some of this. <laughs> but what do you tell those kids right. to help them be successful? Right. Well, so we did, a, we did a couple of little... Uh, welcoming opportunities, I think, that started us off on the right foot. We did a, in the spring, we had them come to a walking tour of the building from their sixth grade classrooms and small groups to get exposure to the space. We did a step-up day here during our teacher planning week where we actually ran bells, ran buses. Um, we brought, I think, about 300 of them out of the 450 came in and walked through their schedule before everyone else was in the building. And that was just a little confidence builder. But the thing that I tell them, and I think we're trying to build in them as they come into the middle school structure, is... Um, what does it mean to take charge of your own education? Does that mean effectively using a planner? Does that mean responding to email appropriately? Does that mean communicating with teachers? You know, and we are, uh, we've just got into this program, I'm sure you've talked about it with the high school folks, but Zello, um, this kind of career planning and structured system that we're utilizing, it's X-E-L-L-O, um, dips all the way down into seventh grade and they're able to start getting exposure to what future plans might look like based on their skills and interests. So overall, I think that um, it's really just an opportunity to, you're in charge of your education now. This isn't elementary school anymore, and we are here to support you and show you how to do that. Wonderful. Um, you know, going from, you know, the seventh graders that are here, now let's jump to the mm -hmm. ninth graders. I guess, you know, as you look at your current ninth graders and you're building in, um, what would you say you're excited about for them as, as they are in their own setting in high school next year? We've really tried over the last couple of years to help the ninth graders feel like they are they have extra privileges, they have extra opportunities that are not available um, in the seventh and eighth grade, even though we're technically in the same building. And some of that involves some more freedom of choice in the morning with the spaces that they, they work and when they go get help before classes. Some of that has to do with their lunch schedule. Some of that has to do with opportunities for college visits that we've exposed them to at ninth grade. But I guarantee that just that step up into a new structure and a new space here at the high school for those folks is going to help them uh, just take on that attitude of we are in high school now and we have more opportunities. I think just being connected to the main building is going to help with some exploratories and that sort of thing. Even though our middle school building is, in terms of like you talk, middle schools in the state, I don't know if anybody else has as many industrial tech and fine arts and athletics and art spaces and the business, all that stuff that's available to our students it's even better when they're connected here with their 10, 12 counterparts. So I'm excited for them. So let's say now that ninth grader is a sophomore and you you run into a student six months later. What would you 
hope to hear from them that they've been there six months. You run into them in December and you say, hey, how's it going? What would you hope to hear from them? I hope that they feel like they uh, were well prepared, you know, that I'm really glad I got took care of these credits and this basic knowledge here in ninth grade because now in 10th grade, the opportunities that I have to explore my passion areas are wide open to me. I'm so grateful that my math teachers, my English teachers, my social studies teachers prepared me to be successful here in 10th grade because the opportunities at high school are so much better. Yeah. And it's it's just it's not that it's not that we're not doing that in ninth grade, but we're just preparing them to have those have those roads available to them as they go into high school. Yeah, wonderful, excellent. Um, what do you think schools should do today to prepare for post-secondary? So we talk about that a lot and mm-hmm. and uh, that, but what do you think schools today should do, should, should be doing, or are doing, or should be doing? Yeah, exploring early and often is, is very valuable. We've heard so many stories about students that got involved in an internship or a job shadow or something. Maybe it was, it was around um, a welding or a hospital apprentice, you know, something along those lines. And they got in there to the job and they realized, this is not what I want to do on a daily basis. And, and that's that okay. is just as good, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Then now I can refocus my energy. I didn't spend a bunch of money to figure that out. I just had time to do it. So early exposure is super important. And I want students really to think about, we talk a lot about what your passions are and what you're interested in doing, but what I try to relate to students is your work is not all of you. So think about employment opportunities that will give you a lifestyle that you want to live. How much group time you want, how much alone time you want, how much you want to make, how much time you want to spend traveling, how much time you want to spend at home. Like think about the career pathways available to you that'll fulfill the whole person and not just when you're at a job. And, and I think part of those experiences which are terrific is you say I want to do this so I'll have time then you realize that's not what I want to do and now mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, what's my pathway as I move forward to fill a different space that I want to try. And I think that's, like you said, finding out things are so important for kids and, and especially what you don't want to do. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and spend all that money going, well, I don't want to do that because everybody exactly. uh, gets caught up in that sometimes. Um, well, you know, parents play a big role, obviously, in their child's uh, education. Uh, what advice do you have uh, for our parents or any parent to help their child succeed? What I would always tell parents is that you know your child better than they do because of your life experience. Partly they've got some of you in them, right? And partly it's because of your life experience. So I think helping your child be a reflective person is huge. So if they come home after an exciting day at school and they're really pumped about what they've learned, the best thing to do is keep probing, keep asking probing questions. What is it that made you feel satisfied about today? What is it that you're looking forward to tomorrow? How can we maximize this experience in your life? And start helping that student learn to then reflect on their own about what went well. Same thing happens if they had a bad day, you know? Um, what what was it about today that caused it not to go the way that you wanted? What actions can you take to help make tomorrow be a better opportunity? So just helping students reflect is huge, especially 13, 14, 15 year olds that we're working with. Um, they have some exposure to this, but that age group is so reactionary that if we can help them pause, reflect, and react, they can make better decisions in, with the next opportunity that they have. Great. Um, well, I guess last question, Ian. Just a couple of favorites here. You know, uh, everybody usually has a favorite movie and or book. Do you have a favorite movie and do you have a favorite book? Um, my favorite movie is one I've been watching again recently, Cool Hand Luke. Oh, yeah. You ever see that oh, one? Oh, yeah. Classic. That's a good one. I enjoy that. And then uh, a book. Um, I actually, it's a pamphlet, but um, it's really old. It's um, called Common Sense by Thomas Paine. It's just one of these old documents near the founding of the country that talk a lot about the need for independence from British rule. And I just enjoy reading that text because at the time, it was one of the most popular and widely read texts 
across the United States of America and what it was at the time or what it was to become the United States. And I think there's a lot of value in connecting back to that sort of stuff. So. Right. Enjoy reading that. And it's a short one. That helps me. Yeah, which is good. Right? A lot of time, yeah. 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 Well, thanks for uh, taking time today, and I appreciate it because there's so many wonderful things going on at the middle school, and, and uh, you know, that's such a critical – I mean, all levels are critical points, but especially in that group, kids are trying to find themselves mm -hmm. and, and trying to – be a part of something, feel a part of something, or trying to be a leader now, and it's just such a neat time in their lives. So uh, I really, really appreciate you joining us on our podcast today. So thank you for coming today. Thanks for doing this.